And here we are, Raider Nation, in studio on this Friday. Going to be holding it down for the next two hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Got my guy Bobby in the in the building holding it down behind the wheels of steel. My man Demond, he pulled a – I think he actually pulled a Las Vegas move where people just – but in reverse order. People kind of go and jump on a plane and just take off and go to Vegas in the middle of the night and you just never kind of know about it. Well, Demond did it backwards. DeMond had gotten a plane and left Vegas in the middle of the night and nobody knew about it. So he's not with us today, but it's okay. Bobby's holding it down behind the wheels of steel. DeMond will be back with us on Monday, but I believe he had a a wedding to go to. I'm going to have to drill him on that on Monday, though. That's going to be a good subject of conversation of exactly what kind of wedding made you, inspired you to jump on a plane and just bounce. That'll be the conversation we get to on Monday when DeMond does return. But uh, happy to have Bobby in the building. Very excited about today's show. Have a lot of good guests coming up on today's show. But I'll tell you, want to start things off just talking about what happened in Henderson earlier this morning. I was over at the training facility, and this is the first time I've actually been able to take in a live training camp with the Raiders because I've been holding down the morning show, filling in for Clay Baker in the morning. So I've been here in the studio when I was supposed to be at the training camp, but that's how we do around here. Sometimes we got to hold it down for each other and got that opportunity to go out there to the training camp today. And man, I'll tell you, you want to talk about a lot of fun. You want to talk about some intensity and you want to talk about some guys that you can see are excited about what they have coming up. Now the fan bases are fired up. We tell the coaches are fired up. The players are fired up. We all know it all comes down to execution. Once they actually get out there start playing the preseason games, start putting some pads on, which if I, if I heard correctly, I believe they'll put pads on on Tuesday. So everything is, you know, half speed right now. But you could see that these guys are out there working. And when you get out there at 730, there's a nice cloud over the, over the practice facility. It's not too bad. So I'm out there. Oh, man, this is nice. Temperature's cool. About 845, all of a sudden, that, uh, that cloud is no longer anywhere to be seen. And it starts heating up, and you start to see the the players really, really getting after it. You start to see them really sweating and and, and coming up with a lather and and uh, just just out there working. And that's the one thing I can say. The players that I was observing today, and there was a group, a big group of media out there, about twenty of us, twenty to twenty five of us out there observing. And I think everyone to a T noted that all the guys look like they're in really, really tip top shape. Really look like they're leaner. They're meaner. You see some some extra speed with these guys. You see the intensity of the drills that they're running. And again, they're not with pads, so they're not going 100 miles an hour. But you can see the coaches, like a Rod Marinelli, defensive line coach. You can see him pushing the guys to go a little harder on that drill, make that repetition a little bit quicker. It doesn't always have to go full speed, but if you if you do more reps and you do the reps quick, as in you finish one and then boom, you're right back in, in line, boom, and you're back in line, and boom, you're back in line. Then you see it. You see that lather. You see them starting to get intense. You see guys starting to pump each other up. Max Crosby stood by the whole defensive line and pumped up everyone as they went through certain drills under the tutelage of Rob Marinelli. Unique and Gakwe did the same thing. You could see the building blocks. Now, it's not a, it's not a complete finished house, obviously. You got to keep building and building. You got to start with the foundation. That's what they're doing this week. It's really the foundation. Next week when they get the pads on, then they're starting to build. And by the time the preseason's over and they're ready for that first regular season game, Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens at Legion Stadium, then the house will be complete. And then it'll be time to go to work. Some really good guests coming up on today's show. 
How about we start things off talking Hall of Fame? How about with the president? If you're going to talk Hall of Fame, why don't you just talk with the president? Just go to the top. Then there's no reason to, to make stops along the way. Just go right to the top. President David Baker of the Hall of Fame there in Canton, Ohio, he's going to be calling into the show in about, about five minutes. Talk about the Hall of Fame experience. Talk about him giving that, that knock on the door. It's one of the most exciting things he does is have that knock on the door and just to see the look on the face of those players and coaches and contributors, all those that are going to be enshrined forever in Canton, Ohio. So he'll tell his stories of the Hall of Fame coming up at about 2.10. At 2.30, Brentley Wiseman from the Draft Network, he's going to join the show to talk about four or five things the Raiders must do in 2021. Four or five things. And he put out this piece probably about a week or so ago, and uh, we've been exchanging text messages along the way trying to get in, in line with each other and get locked in with each other so I can find a, a good time when he's available to come on the show and talk about it. Four or five things that the Raiders must do in 2021 to end up with the outcome that they want to have. So that's going to come up at 2.30. Brentley's a really good dude. Matter of fact, back in the day, I say back in the day, not too long ago, he was actually a scout for the Oakland Raiders, the then Oakland Raiders. So uh, Brentley knows the organization. He's done some work with the Chargers. I think he's actually at Chargers training camp right now. But Brentley's a really good dude, so he'll join the show at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Another good buddy of mine that I ran into this morning as I was out at Henderson training facility. How about Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network? NFL Network is in town. Omar is as good as it gets, one of the best in the business. Comes on the show all the time. Matter of fact, my very first show, the very first Unnecessary Roughness show we had here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Omar joined the show. Great dude. He's in town right now as they're observing Raiders training camp. So I had a few minutes to catch up with him and said, hey, man, want to jump on the show at 3 o'clock, talk about what you saw today. Yeah, Q, no problem. Give me a call. So we'll call Omar Ruiz at 3 o'clock, talk about what he saw this morning, what he's going to be looking for, what NFL Network is working on. And the Raiders have another training camp uh, you know, session tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out to that one or not. There's... A limit. The problem with this year is it's not 100% out of the woods as far as all the COVID protocols. So there's a limit on how many media members can actually be there. It's around 22 to 25. So I'm trying to hustle that last spot or two. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. But either way you look at it, it's going to be okay. If I don't get a spot on Saturday, I'll be back out there either, you know, Monday, Tuesday, maybe on Tuesday when they uh, when they put the pads on for the first time. That'll probably be a good day to be out there. But uh, we'll have it covered here on Raider Nation Radio like a glove. If it's not JT the Brick, it'll be me. If it's not me, it's Vinny. If it's not Vinny, it'll be Clay. I mean, we, we got you covered. We're going to bring it to you, and we're going to bring it to you each and every day. So Omar Ruiz joins us at 3 o'clock. And then I'm going to kind of take a right turn because, well, I'm just intrigued by this storyline. And uh, the news broke while we were on the air yesterday here on Unnecessary Roughness, and that's the fact that the L.A. Lakers, and I know, you're probably like, what? The L.A. Lakers? What are you talking about? They acquired Russell Westbrook yesterday. And I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. Not because he's the guy that wins all the games, but I just love his spirit. I love the way he goes hard in the paint. He gives you everything he's got every second that he's awake. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't think there's anything that Russell Westbrook does slow. He gives you everything he has. I could imagine that dude, if, he wants, if he's about to go to bed, he could probably... Run upstairs and go to bed or just, I mean, he's just one of those guys where I don't ever see him taking a playoff, taking a day off, taking anything off. I mean, he just isn't that guy. So I'm going to have my guy, Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com, and I'll have to remind him that there's no such thing as another nation besides Raider Nation. But that's, that's beside the point. Trevor Lane's a really good dude. He's been rocking with me for a while. He's going to join us at 3.30 just to talk about the Lakers acquisition of Russell Westbrook. And, you know, it's a Friday, and sometimes we're going to switch things up. We're going to talk about a few different subjects. 
And I think that uh, that, that'll be a good one. I know there's a lot of Laker fans here. Uh, There's a lot of Laker fans everywhere. I mean, that's an iconic uh, brand and franchise anyway. A lot of LeBron fans, a lot of Laker fans. I know Mama Q is a big Laker fan. She's a Russell Westbrook fan. Headed back to L.A., his hometown. So that'll be an intriguing conversation. So that's at 3.30. So that's the guest lineup right now that we have. Of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. Whenever we don't have a guest, Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. We also have the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Shout out to Salmon Ash. But, yeah, definitely give us your feedback. If you hear something from a guest that uh, is on the line, definitely hit us up. Or if you have a question for one of the guests, you want to ask a guest something, you can, uh, you can hit us up. You can send a text message, and I'll pass the message on. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's David Baker, if it's Brentley Wiseman, Omar Ruiz, even Trevor Lane, it's all good. And, uh, and again, of course, you can hit us up with any thoughts that you have. Uh, there, we're going to try and attempt. As I said, we have a loaded show today. Only got a couple hours to get into it. Try to attempt to get some of uh, Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator. He met with the media today. I'll tell you, man, Gus Bradley, he's just got a different energy. I, I, I'm... I like guys with with energy. It's just they're they're kind of infectious. I kind of think that I'm, I'm similar to that. I'm, I'm that guy that has that that uh, that exciting energy. You know, always fired up to do something. Gus Bradley is like that as far as a defensive coordinator, and you can see as he's walking around that practice field today, he just kind of commands the room. Even though we're all outside, he just kind of commands the room. It's 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 easy to look at him. And then stay locked in on him and just see his mannerisms and see how he's paying attention and his watchful eye. And then he's got, you know, Rod Marinelli, old school Rod Marinelli doing his thing, you know, barking out his directions. Ron Milas, that's one right there for you, Raider Nation. Ron Milas, he's a defensive backs coach, secondary coach. That is a guy that I think is going to be a big time X factor for the Raiders this year. That guy seems like he is always coaching. He's always teaching every little definition to detail, Ron Milas is on it. And it's funny, I was standing next to Vinny and we were talking and we were trying to come up with who he was, who, who he reminded us of. And as a guy who never played football on, a, on any kind of high level, but I was very, very good at basketball, I kind of felt like he was that old, that old kind of gym rat type coach. That coach that just by the sound of your sneakers, he, you, he knew what you did <laughs> without even looking. You know, he, he just has that watchful eye. Yeah, Ron Milas, man, he, he's, he, to me, I think is going to do some real good dividends for the, the Raiders secondary. And the reason I say that is because the secondary is so young. And I know Casey Hayward's a veteran. They brought him in. But the, besides that, the, the, the secondary is young. I think Ron Milas is really going to help teach. He's going to coach, but he's really going to help teach these guys how to take their game from where it was to where it needs to be. That's who I'm excited about is Ron Milas. That's going to be a guy that at some point I'm going to try to get him on the show and do a little interview, five, six minutes. It doesn't have to be a long interview. But Ron Milas is a guy that I'm excited to talk about. So we'll at some point get him on the show. But right now, as promised, very excited about our first guest leading us off today. How about the president of the Hall of Fame? How about David Baker? He is on the Raider Nation hotline. And and uh, David Baker, Mr. President, <laughs> thank you for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And next week, this time next week, the Hall of Fame activities, the festivities will begin. How much fun is this for you, especially since it's two classes that are being inducted this year? Well, Q, you know, we say that this is twice the fun in 21. 
But frankly, uh, the momentum is building, and I think it's way more fun than that. Uh, and, and, I mean, obviously for Raider Nation, we've got Charles Woodson and, of course, the great coach Tom Flores. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of Raiders here. Uh, we, we, we're going to have the first full stadium for football in 18 months. Uh, I think we, it, it, the game will be on Fox. Uh, the enshrinement will be on uh, NFL Network and on um, ESPN. And uh, it's just going to be a blast, you. No, it really will be. I'm so excited. I got my, my, my plane trip already planned out. I got the rental car set up, the hotel set up. I mean, I, I can't wait to be there in Canton, Ohio. This will be my second opportunity to be there. But, I mean, you're a regular. You're a mainstay. You're the guy who you give that knock on the door. I, I know that that has got to be so much fun to be able to knock on the door or, in Charles Woodson's case, go into his backyard and say, hey, welcome to Canton. How much fun is that that you have when you get to deliver that news? It is the greatest in the world. And frankly, it was a Raider that started all this thing. In my first year that I was here, eight years ago, um, we were bringing all the finalists, 18 of them, to New York City. Uh, and they were going to be revealed right after the selection that day, that night, on the uh, at Radio City Music Hall on the Honor Show. And uh, Michael Strahan lives in New York, so I had to call him to get him across town there. Uh, Derek was a friend of mine, and I just call him to give him good news but the third one was ray guy mm. uh your raiders punter who yeah. had been eligible for 29 years and not been selected and uh, ray's got that southern mississippi draw and i said uh ray this is dave baker new president of the hall of fame and he said yes sir and i said it is my great pleasure and boom i could hear him hit the floor and his phone was rattling around uh his wife is going honey baby are you okay and I thought I'd killed my first Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a long time. Obviously, in radio for you, two minutes was a long time. And it took two minutes for him to get up. And finally, when he did, he said, I'm sorry, but I don't think I understood until now how much this meant to me. Right. And that kind of started our journey of trying to be able to share with fans how much this means to the guys and what their, what, what their legacy is and the journey and that they don't make it alone, that there's a lot of people who help them. And when you knock on that door, they're not thinking about their, how much money they make mm-hmm. or their Super Bowl rings. Um, they're thinking about their mom who drove them to practice or their dad that wouldn't let them quit or their coach that inspired them or teammates that helped them get there or the fans that cheered them on. And I, it's, it's the same every time. Most of the time guys are crying. Um, but it, it's, it's always emotional. And, uh, it's a real privilege, uh, you know, for us to be able to share it with fans. You know, uh, we were talking to Mike Haynes last week, talked to Marcus Allen last week, talked to Tim Brown last week. All those guys are, are proud members of the fraternity that is the Hall of Fame. And each one to a T has told me how proud they are because getting to the NFL, as you know, is a huge accomplishment. Sticking around and having a nice career is a huge accomplishment. Getting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David, there is no other. That fraternity is very small and limited and very difficult to get in, as many know, like Coach Flores. But once you're in, you're in forever. That fraternity is special. Yeah, Q, it it is. There have been 330 million young men and now women that have played this game. There's only 5 million that have played it in college. There's only 29,000 who've ever been paid to play it, coach it, or officiate it in the National Football League. And right now, today, there's only 335 who have a bronze bust in the Hall of Fame. Wow. So it is an exclusive, exclusive company, and, and it should be. It, it, it is difficult. It's hard. 
Uh, it's not the Hall of Very, Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. And, um, and and for those guys who don't make it on their first try, or it takes a while to get here, I, I knocked on the door of Jerry Kramer and it took him 45 years. Mm-hmm. But once you make it, uh, you know, I, it, every time I talked to John Lynch today, who I had to call seven times and as a finalist and say, I was hoped I called with better news next year. Right. Or Drew Pearson, right. who that happened to and had, both those guys said, you know, doesn't even matter now. I, I, you know, all, we're just excited to be here. And it is, you know, it may take a while for some guys like Coach Wars to make it here, but their legacy now is going to last forever here. They are forever uh, a, a resident of Canton, Ohio. And the guy who's got my job, 100 Dave Bakers now, will still be talking about Tom Flores and Charles Wood. Right. Absolutely. Talking right now with David Baker, Hall of Fame president here on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking about Coach Flores going into the hall, talking about Charles Woodson going into the hall. And that's one thing that I wanted to to ask you about, because it's not every year that you get a a fan base that's able to celebrate multiple guys that they cheered for, that they rooted on, that they know that is a legacy of the team that they cheer for. But that's what Raider Nation has this year in Coach Flores, in Charles Woodson. And then the violator for the Ford Hall of Fame is going to go in there for a fan. I mean, that's that's almost like hitting the trifecta. Yeah, it really is. We we pick three fans a year with the with uh, Ford, who's a great partner for the Ford Hall of Fans, and uh, you know the Violator was the one one of the three for this year, and it's it's again that's special. This last year was a heroic, courageous year. I think on behalf of the league, the referees, the coaches, the players, the unions, uh, everybody worked together to you know to get all 256 games into to play the playoff games, to finish the Super Bowl, and, and they did it safely, which is incredible. And, and yet, I, I think the difficulty for last year is there were no fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly for you guys, you know, there at Elite Stadium, uh, you know, I talked to Mark Davis, at least when I talked to him, he hadn't been in because he wasn't going in until fans were in. Right, yeah. yep. And, 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 you know, it's going to be so great this next Thursday to have fans back in action and to be there and to and to welcome uh, guys like the Violator into the Ford Hall of Fame, the fans, which is a very special exhibit uh, here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, I wanted to ask you just about the festivities that are going to be going on. As I mentioned, I've been there once, and that was when uh, Jerry Jones went in, LaDainian Tomlinson went in. That was a great year. That was a lot of fun. Kurt Warner was part of that. Uh, just a heck of a, a class. But with the size of the class and the, and the way that the festivities are going to be broken down, h- how much do you anticipate You know, fans having a great time and then also the guys, the enshrinees, having a fun time as well? Yeah, as you know, since you were here last time, man, there is a lot of parties. Yes. You know, we we – we, we have parties multiple times a day here. Uh, the parade is the fifth biggest parade in the United States. Uh, obviously, the game kicks off every NFL season right here where the league started in Canton, Ohio. Um, but the guys have their own parties, too. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and this will be special. Now, this year we have, instead of having four to eight like we normally do, we actually have 28. Mm. And, and because we had the class of 20 for 2020, which was our centennial class we were going to have last year and postponed. And then we added the class of 2021 to that. Now, we took nine of the posthumous enshrinees and we enshrined them uh, the last day of the draft back in May when the draft was here in Cleveland. So that leaves us 19, and we'll do 12 on Saturday with the class of uh, the centennial class uh, of 2020, and then we'll do seven on Sunday. 
but we've got six to eight minutes uh, speech limits that are going to be strictly timed and I think the guys have really worked on that together really well. <laughs> right. And, and um, but but again, I, I just think, uh, Q, I hope you, I think you'll have an even better time than when you were here last night. And it keeps getting better, and there's more stuff. And you know, today for the people of Canton, uh, you know, we've got this big balloon festival that kind of kicks off the enshrinement. And there's actually 23 events over 17 days. But <laughs> wow. for you, I think you're going to be here for the best five days of football. Yep. We've got close to 160 Hall of Famers that are coming. I think it'll be uh, the greatest gathering in football ever. It's going to be incredible. It really is. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. been anticipating it for a while. And, and before I let you go, and this has been great, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. What would you tell fans as far as the, the probably your favorite event over the course of the weekend? What would you think that it would be? Uh, you know what? That's uh, trying to, like, you know, tell ask me what two of my kids are <laughs> uh, But... Uh, but, but, you know, I'm constantly amazed, and people come from all over, and we've got people coming from Israel, you know, and, and from all over the world to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly amazed, you know, you go to the uh, Bronze Bus Gallery, and uh, our docents and our, our our ushers are trying to push people through as, as, as fast as possible, but, you know, people will wait in line for three hours to go through that gallery right? just to be there with those Bronze Bus. I would tell you, for me, uh, you know, the gold jacket dinner is really special because the guys walk the gauntlet and they get their jacket. But he, to be quite honest with you, uh, it is the enshrinement. Mm-hmm. And I know it's just guys giving speeches. Uh, but I think in their speeches, uh, these are all guys media trained because they talk to, you know, you and women, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those situations, Q, where now they're telling their story of their life's journey. Right. And they're sharing it in front of millions of people on TV. And I always think that we think they fell out of bed great. <laughs> uh, and it's because they're bigger, faster, quicker, stronger. Uh, but in reality, uh, I think they had some greater commitment and greater perseverance. And um, in some respects, some greater love, whether it's for the game or for their teammates. And I think there's always something that we can learn from that. And, and maybe it's not to be a football player. But maybe it's to to be a, a better radio personality like right. yourself, or right. a better executive, or a better mom, or a dad, or a, a, a better community and a better co- a country. And you know, we, we, when you were talking about being here for Ladanian Tomlinson's speech, yeah, uh, that was spectacular. Yeah, it was. It was spectacular. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, whose grandfather was a slave. Yep. And and, and now he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and he talked about us all being on Team America. And that, to me, is really cool. It, it, yeah. I, I find that these guys have an aspiration through their own example. Not just, you know, it's not just about the worship of football heroes. I think it can make us a little bit better when we tune in and understand their journey as well. I agree 100%. You know, I find myself every year, David, I'm not going to lie to you, I, there's always an emotional moment. I don't know whose speech it's going to be, but there's always an emotional moment where if I'm sitting on the couch watching it, all of a sudden I'll look at the wife and say, 
man, my allergies are messing with me. And it's like I'm starting to tear up, you know, because like you said, they're telling their story and it has nothing to do with me, but you could feel it. You know, it's almost like you could draw something to your own life out of everyone's story. And it's it's it, it is it's emotional. It's great. And uh, that that is a fun time of the weekend. And so uh, I look forward to it next week. I appreciate you giving us some time this afternoon just to talk about it. And I, I know that you have a great time and I hope to run into you as well. And like I said, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Q, I hope you find me. I'll be the six nine four hundred pound guy sweating through a suit. <laughs> so I won't be hard to find, and I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you. There he goes, David Baker, president of the Hall of Fame, and he's right. I tell you, it is an emotional time when you watch those speeches. I don't know who is going to be the one, but there's always someone, or maybe a couple, a couple ones sometimes that'll say something, and all of a sudden I'll get that. I can feel it. I'm like, oh man, dang it. That emotional creature, and I get that from my mom too, Bobby. I get that from my mom. She's an emotional creature, and all of a sudden, my mama's tendencies will start coming out in me, and I'll I'll look away. Like the wife will be looking at me, and she'll be watching the the speeches, and all of a sudden, I'll look away. Oh man, my allergies are messing with me. <laughs> Trying to play it off, but it's always yeah. The pollen's in the air. The pollen's in the air. So many thanks to David Baker for sharing some time. Coming up next, we're gonna keep this party moving. Fast and Furious, Brentley Wiseman from the Draft Network. He's going to join us to talk about the things that the Raiders must do in 2021 to have a successful season. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. The nickel corner now, Hobbs has done really well. I really like Lawson. He's shown up. Amik has done some good things. Again, this is all at the temple we've been practicing at. But still, we keep track of mental errors. You know, just see our guys playing fast. And Hobbs is a guy that is playing fast. I mean, it's almost from day one that he stepped in. So, very pleased with his progress. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You heard defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talking about Nate Hobbs and some things, some good things he's seeing from the rookie. Guy that's expected to compete for that slot position. That's been a, that slot corner's been one of those Achilles heels for the Raiders defense. Obviously, the Raiders defense in general has been an Achilles heel, but that slot corner have not figured out who can man that spot. I've already kind of put my money, if I'm putting some money on it, that Nate Hobbs is going to be in the mix in the end. And you can hear Gus Bradley there talking about Nate Hobbs now. They haven't put the pads on. They're not going full speed, so you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. But always a good sign when a rookie three days into training camp practice is already getting the attention of the defensive coordinator. Right now, I want to go out to the Rare Nation hotline, and I do appreciate the fact that David Baker, the Hall of, Hall of Fame president, joined us in the last segment. But right now, we're going to keep this party rolling with Brentley Wiseman. He's my guy from the Draft Network. Uh, Brentley, we do appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. Brentley spent some time in the Raiders organization as a scout. Uh, he's worked with the Chargers. He's done some really good things over at the Draft Network right now. And, Brentley, I, I appreciate you, man. It's, it's been a minute. We've been trying to catch up and talk about this piece that you put out on the Draft Network about the four or five things that the Raiders must do in 2021 to be successful. And we all know it starts with the defense. They've really got to be able to step their game up. But these young guys, they've got to mature quickly. And that's going back to the draft class, the last couple draft class that they've had. Who in particular, in your opinion, needs to step up the most in, these, in this past few draft classes? You man, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, you know, hope all is going well with your new show, and I was really proud of um, all the things you've, you've continued to do. Um, thank you. You know, to, to me, you know, the Raiders—they've been—they've drafted. They've had so many high draft picks and have invested so much high capital. 
to their defense. And it's time for these young players to really take that next step in their development and become the guys, you know, the, the front office, Mayock and Gruden, thought they were going to be when they selected them. You know, I'm thinking of uh, Mullen, Trevor Mullen, the corner out of Clemson. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's going into his third year now. You know, he's going to be counted on to really thrive as the team's number one, number two corner on the outside. Um, Damon Arnett, you know, last year, I know he dealt with some injuries. I think he did show some promise last year. Uh, but he's one of those things where he needs to kind of prove it on a 17-game consistency uh, level. He was worthy of the first-round pick. I mean, that was really heavily scrutinized by many when they, when they made that selection. Uh, then, obviously, lastly, with Cleveland Farrell, you know, I know there's been some news and reports that he's wrapping it out with the, the second team, and, you know, I know the Raiders are kind of catching slack with that, but... He just needs to be, whatever his role ends up being as maybe a sub-interior rusher when they go and they go on, on pass situations. And you have Crosby and Yannick rushing from the outside and you kick, you kick Farrell inside and, and let him rush uh, from the interior. Whatever that role ends up being for Farrell, he just needs to be productive. Right. Just give us something. You know, at this point in time, you know, you clearly weren't the number four overall pick, and we get it. We moved on. We got Yannick in there. If you can figure out a way to contribute, then that's going to be a major, major win because, you know, the Raiders defensive line, they actually have some pretty good, solid depth. Right. And if they're able to rotate those guys in and out and actually, and Farrell kind of takes that next step and, and shows up, and that's huge for the Raiders defense. Let me ask you this, because uh, that secondary is an area that obviously you really have to focus in on. And as you mentioned, they did spend a lot of draft picks and draft capital on the secondary. How much can a guy like Casey Hayward, who's a seasoned veteran, he's been working with Gus Bradley for quite a while, coming off a, a pretty bad season for the Chargers, but still, I mean, he, he's been there, done that with Gus Bradley. How much do you think he can kind of help groom these guys and not force a Damon Arnett onto the field immediately? Oh, he's going to be a huge help, man. I've been around Casey for three years extremely smart, super instinctual. He gets it. He understands. He's been on system for, again, three years down in L.A. And, I mean, there's an example, Michael Davis, a corner out uh, in the Chargers. That kid was an undecked free agent when, when, I, when I showed up there back in 2017. And he's developed into now, you know, one of the better corners in the AFC. Just got a pretty nice contract from the, from the Chargers front office. Casey had a huge impact on Michael Davis, in terms of showing him the ropes, kind of giving him that veteran presence that a lot of young corners need. And I think Casey's impact to a guy like Trayvon, a guy like Damon Arnett, Nate Hobbs, Amic Robertson, is going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely huge. And, um, you know, does Casey have the athleticism? You know, does he have the young leg like he used to? Probably not to really be a, a solid contributor. But just from his instincts, his ball skills, and his knowledge of the defense, he'll be more than serviceable while these young corners develop. Talking right now with Brantley Wiseman from the Draft Network. You can find Brantley and his work on Twitter at Brantley12 and here with us on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And Gus Bradley, I know that's a guy you're very familiar with, and he talked to the media today. That dude's got some energy. You know, I'm excited about him just because of his energy and, and his, you know, kind of uh, attention to detail. What is it about Gus Bradley that makes players want to go out there and perform for him? I mean, Pew, I, I can go on a tangent right now. I, I, I have some <laughs> of the best stories about Gus. I mean, just from spending time with him at the Combine and hearing his stories about when he was a head coach in Jacksonville and 
you know, when he was a defensive coordinator, the Legion of Boom. But really, just to kind of make it simple, he just he cares, man. He truly, truly, truly cares about his players. Like, at a deep level, like, more so than on the field. Like, he loves his players. And it, it comes off of everything he does. And it is it was an honor being around uh, Coach Bradley and learning from him and, and and really the passion and energy he brings day in and day out, and really the whole entire defensive staff. I know everyone on that defensive staff. Here. A lot of them are my good friends. And they're, they're excellent coaches, um, really good teachers, passionate about football, you know, and they just got to get these young guys ready to go because I do think, like, a lot of people who don't really understand the Raiders and know the Raiders roster will sit here and say, oh, there's not talent on their roster. That's a lie. There is talent on the roster. It's a matter of you know, those these talented players taking that next step and actually reaching the potential. Right, exactly. And so with that being said, Gus Bradley, everything I've heard and everything I've seen from his previous stops, the other, with the other being Seattle, Jacksonville, as you mentioned, with the Chargers, it seems like he, he makes it so guys understand it instead of thinking they could just go out there and play. So they're not thinking about what the, the, the what they got to do. They just go out there and just read and react and go. And it just seems like they're able to be a lot quicker. And that's what, from what I saw today, it seems like those guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Gus Bradley's uh, scheme is not it's not overly complicated. And you know, I think the Chargers, and you know, you can take this as a negative or a positive, but I think they blitz the least amount of football. They're, they're not, you don't really run a lot of stunts in games. It's really just a pretty vanilla defense and let your athletes go out there and be athletes. You know, and I, I think that for a defense as young as, young as athletic as the Raiders have, that's going to, you know, play right into their strengths in my opinion, when you have a guy like Corey Littleton who can move in space and, and, and do all sorts of things that you want at the second level from an athletic perspective, you don't want that kid to have to be like thinking and about all these different checks and all these different assignments. You want that kid you know, and, and, and really kind of chasing sideline to sideline. So um, I, think, I think his scheme and the, the simplicity of it is going to fit in real well with the Raiders' young core. That's what they need. They really do. They need to get that defense up to speed. Those guys need to be able to fly around and go make plays. And next week when they put the pads on, we'll start to really get to see yeah. what they can do. Now, now, Brentley, I want to flip over to the offensive side of the ball because uh, the offense yeah. did, did well last year, but there's obviously areas it can improve. And let's start with, you know, another high draft pick. We talked about the draft picks, and they've got to step up. They've got to come through. How about Henry Ruggs, number 12 overall? Uh, didn't have a, a great season last year. It was more of a decoy, which I know they didn't draft him in number 12 to be a decoy, and that's not – what he wants to do. He's gained about 13 pounds of muscle this offseason. He looks the part. What what do they need to do to get him involved, maybe even early into a game, to, to make him a real weapon and make defenses be concerned about him and that speed? Yeah, he's going to treat him like a number one receiver. You know, you drafted him number 12 overall. They don't use another role player. He's a number one receiver. Feature him early. Script him some early touches to get him going. You know, like, like in the first, in, in, the, in, your, in your scripted first 15, Three of those plays got to be designed Henry Ruggs plays, whether that's quick slants, whether that's bubbles, whether that's uh, just any kind of uh, any, any kind of quick screens. Get the ball in his hands, get him some confidence early. But you got to treat this kid like a number one receiver. Like he's got to support your offense. He needs to be featured part of the offense. Like I don't I don't believe in you treat all of your receivers equal. No no right. no no no. <laughs> you have a number one receiver, <laughs> yeah. and you and you treat them like that. Like that's how that's how those guys need to be managed. Um, so I think, I think that's a big piece of it. You know, I also think for Henry Ruggs, he's got to play with more confidence, and I think that's going to come. 
You know, I'm sure it wasn't easy watching Wilson Jefferson go out and dominate, watching T. Higgins dominate, Chase Claypool, and don't even get me started on CeeDee Lamb. Some of the things I've been seeing coming out of Cowboys camp, my God. Right, right. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to make a lot of people look stupid uh, for letting him last to 17th overall. But, you know, I just think with him with the Rugs, he he's got to be confident. You know, trust your speed, trust your ability, and go out there and ball. Two guys, two guys that are on the offensive side of the ball that a lot of Raider Nation gets excited about, and I think have really good potential to be players. Uh, third round pick Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. He just looks the part, Brantley. I saw him today, and he's got the size, he's got enough speed, and, and he's got the hands. Most importantly, the hands. That guy is—it's almost like a, a vice grip. That ball gets in there, and he just. So sucks it in, boom, grabs it. And then Foster Moreau, who didn't have a lot of burn last year. He was behind Jason Witten, but he's 100% healthy now. Uh, man, those two guys right there, especially in the red zone, the Raiders are really great between the 20s, but they kicked a lot of short field goals in 2020. They've got to be able to get into the end zone. How much a factor, how much do you think those two guys in particular, Foster Moreau and, Br- and Brian Edwards, could really help that out? Yeah, well, Brian Edwards, he has a lot of opportunity in front of him. You know, because he's really the only, only Raider receiver that has that, you know, impact, um, you know, that kind of physical size where he can thrive in contested situations. He can dive over the middle of the field, attacking the ball in the air, uh, being threatened in the red zone. Like, he has all that that really separates him from the rest of the wide receiver. And I think he's going to have an opportunity a big time role, and it's going to be up to it's going to be up to him to stay healthy uh, and really kind of just get earn that spot in preseason and never look back and take it and run with it. Both him and Rugs, like, like yes, they're young players, but the Raiders need them to grow up fast. Like they need to, they need to be growing up yesterday. Like, that's that's what they need for the Raiders to be successful, in my opinion. Foster Moreau, Moreau I'm I'm torn here. I, I recognize the talent. I just think there's been so much evidence that has shown over Gruden's past couple of years that he's just not willing to give this kid a chance. Like, the talent has always been there with Foster Moreau. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely zero need to bring in Jason Witten, yet they still did, you know? And so, like, I'm just cautiously, you know, optimistic with Foster Moreau's role moving forward in 2021. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I, I need to see it to believe it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I get the excitement around the kid. Um, he's, he's athletic. He's talented. He, he has good hands. Good after the catch. I see it. You know, I, I do. I just, um, I, I just have question marks with Gruden's willingness to use him because we haven't seen it. And really, there's been no excuse. Like, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you were going to use him this year, why didn't you use him last year? Um, so, you know, I, I would say just, you know, maybe pause your expectations for Foster Monroe until we kind of just kind of see what the reps look like, who's running out into a personnel during the preseason, um, and, then, and then we can kind of go from there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, uh, a good guy to pay attention to. I, I do believe, like I said, I think he's 100% healthy this year coming off that, uh, that knee injury that he had his rookie year. But he did show signs, like you mentioned. He showed a lot of signs his rookie year that he could go out there and play. And a lot of Raider Nation was pounding the table. Why is Jason Witten in front of him? Why is Jason Witten out there? He can't do anything. So uh, I'm excited to see if, 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 in fact, he is thrown into the offensive scheme and, and the plan, the game plan, like you mentioned. Uh, that should be interesting. And, 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 Brentley, final question for you. I, I got to ask about the offensive line before I let you go. Uh, reconstructed this year. It's been something a lot of folks have talked about. 
I give Tom Cable the credit, the benefit of the doubt, because he was able to kind of mix and match last year. Uh, his starters played, I think, three three snaps together total, <laughs> and, and they were still able to do some some decent things. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But from the center all the way right, they're all new starters. You know, you got Andre James, yeah. Denzel Good, and Alex Leatherwood, the number 17 overall pick. Uh, how how long does it take, in your opinion, especially from a training camp to a preseason to a regular season setting, for an offensive line to gel in general? It's 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 tough, you know. I mean, to be honest with you, Q, they might not they might not gel all all season, you right. know. Like yeah. it's, it's just it's, it's just kind of one of those deals where they just got to go out and and win your individual reps, and then you know with, with the hopes that as a whole, when you, as you get more familiar with the guy you're playing next to, you, then you'll kind of start picking up, you know, their tendencies, you know, their timing, when it's best to switch, and, and, and those types of things. Um, so I, I would say, you know, if, I, if I'm the Tom Cable, the Raiders line coach, I, I'm telling my guys, hey, just worry about you. Worry about, worry about, worry about your assignment. Worry about the guy you're lined up against. Do your job. And then, you know, the, everything else will come with it, you know, in terms of the cohesiveness, the, the, the coming together as a unit. Um, you know, and especially we, we have very inexperienced players on that right side, as you mentioned. Yeah. With, with Leatherwood and, and Andre James at the center and, you guys, you obviously haven't played a whole lot of football. Obviously, in other words, a rookie. And I know he, he's, he's played last last match in Alabama, but this is a whole new beast uh, coming up to the NFL. So I think there might be some growing pains, um, with, to be honest with you, Hugh. But I, I think, obviously, the Raiders, you know, they, they, they've had to know, have known that. Right. And then you move on from those kind of key cornerstones, like a Rodney Hudson, like a Garrett Jackson, like a Trent Brown. There's clearly going to be growing pains, but... Uh, I, th- I think they're looking more so- towards like come week six, come week seven. What is what is this new Redskins offensive line look like? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's one of those units. You know, you can't just you can't practice it on your own. I mean, it's one of those things yeah. you, you got to understand what the guy next to you is going to be doing at all times, and that just comes with repetition. Brentley, great stuff, man. It's always good to catch up with you. You can find Brentley Wiseman on the Draft Network. You can find him on Twitter at Brentley Twelve, and uh, with us here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio Nine Twenty. Brentley, you got anything coming out on the on the on the website uh, that that fans should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we got a. We're doing a series right now. Actually, it's a couple series. One was, uh, you know, what undrafted free agent has a chance to make make mix the rosters. And I actually mm. chose a Raider. I wrote about Matthew Bushman, the tight end out of BYU, was yeah. a guy who I've known. Uh, and some of the Raiders coaches were tell, telling me that they're they're really high on. Um, I feel like tight end out of at a BYU missed last season due to an Achilles injury. But back in 2020, sorry, back in 2019. He was one of the best receiving uh, tight ends in the country, you And so, um, you know, when, when you think about the Raiders' tight end room, yeah, they have Foster Morrell, obviously, there. But, you know, I, I think there's there's some room there for a, a guy like Bushman's skill set to stick. So that article got released. You guys should check that out on the Draft Network. We're going to have another one coming out on Monday, uh, just training camp position battles that I think are intriguing. Uh, and then real quick, you know, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out in Vegas, and I'll be attending Raiders, uh, Raiders camp. Um, on on Sunday, August eighth, I will be out there. I think I think it's going to be in the stadium, so that'll be my first chance to kind of see the stadium okay. and, and catch up catch up with some of the the coaching staff and some of my friends on the pushing L staff. So it should be a good time. Nice, nice. Well, definitely hit me up when you come to town, man. Love love to catch yeah, up with you, and of I'll course. probably be out there myself. So Brentley, thank you so much for your time, man. Like I said, it's always great to catch up with you. Put out great work, and uh, appreciate you sharing a little bit of your time with us this afternoon. 
No, always, man. Whenever you want to have me, you got my number. No doubt, no doubt. Thank you so much. There he goes. Brentley Wiseman from the Draft Network. Good job, uh, as always. Puts out a lot of good work on the Draft Network, and uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brentley12. And so there it is. Young guys got to grow up. You know, we always talk about young guys, and, oh, this guy's a rookie. This guy's only a second-year guy. Got to throw that out the window, man. These young guys need to step up. They got to learn their role. They've got to go out there and and figure it out because this team needs them to figure it out. It's uh, year four with John Gruden heading into year four. I don't know if you heard Mark Davis's conversation that he had with Vinny Bonsignor yesterday in the huddle. Great, great conversation with Vinny. I encourage you to go check it out if you have not. LVSportsNetwork.com. You can find all our work, any of the shows, JT, The Morning Show, myself, and Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Definitely check it out at LVSportsNetwork.com. The time is 2.46. We'll come back, close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio, 920. Yeah, I think it really did help. Our strength conditioning team has done a great job with those guys. Uh, they've leaned up. Um, you know, some have lost some weight, good weight uh, to lose. And, um, you know, we talked about that fourth quarter rush. That's been a little bit of an emphasis with us throughout the offseason and, and in, uh, you know, training camp. So you guys are gearing up for that part of it. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Gus Bradley right there, defensive coordinator for the Raiders. You heard him talking about the guys looking more fit and agile. There we go. I don't mind some music. We could have some tones. All right. Probably bringing in some prints. I could do this. (laughs) It's all good. That's how we roll. But he's talking about the guys being more fit, being more agile, looking the part. And, you know, that's going to help. That's going to help. I was uh, up there talking to uh, Willie Ramirez from the AP. We were standing there next to each other, and, and, and he had pointed it out to me, as a matter of fact. And that's you want to talk about a dude who's fit. That's a guy who's fit right there himself, Willie Ramirez. But he was talking about these guys look like they're in some really good shape. And I kind of just joked and laughed and said, it ain't your father's football anymore. These guys got to be faster. They've got to be stronger. They've got to be able to get there, you know. So just to see these guys up close to personal, see how in shape they looked. And a lot of that had to do with the offseason program. And, you know, last year, I remember myself in, in particular, that's all I could speak for is myself. I remember saying, oh, you know, they're going to miss the OTAs. They'll miss a little offseason program. That'll be okay. They're pros. They, you know, they know what they'll do. They know what they need to do. They know they need to be in shape for the upcoming season. But sometimes you need to have – those programs set in place so guys know that they have some kind of instruction. They have something that they have to follow and have an expectation. And, well, that's what it looks like that they uh, they, they did this offseason. They really, really look like they've gotten into good shape. Uh, now, I did get this uh, email update from uh, the Raiders. Theo Riddick, running back Theo Riddick, he was, uh, him and Jalen Richard were placed on the COVID-19 reserve list just a couple days ago. Well, just got an update. Theo Riddick is now on the reserve retired list. Theo Riddick decided, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to hang it on up. So Theo Riddick is on the reserve retired list for the Raiders, playing the NFL for nine years, went to Notre Dame. Looks like he's uh, hanging it up, at least for now. And uh, also announced by the Raiders, and I saw this firsthand as I was out at the, the facility in Henderson today, running back Kenyon Drake is back. He was out there. He was on the list of unable to perform, and, and I remember Vinny, Bonsignor had mentioned, yeah, he'll probably be back out there on Friday. It's just a minor little ankle thing. He looked fine, Raider Nation. He looked absolutely fine. Nothing to get concerned about. I'm excited about that tag team duo in the backfield, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. I think they're going to be really, really explosive. I mean, I, I just, I do. It's, uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
And I know they were going at half speed, but man, I saw a cut that that Kenyon Drake made earlier today. And it was one of those. I looked at Vinny and said, whoa. <laughs> and he said, there's your dude. That's all he said. He goes, there's your dude. I go, no, he really is. That's a guy that I really believe in. I th- and, and Josh Jacobs, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big supporter of him as well. Uh, I just, one, love his story. And two, I just think he's a, he's a, he's a go-getter. And uh, he, he's really one of those really good running backs that the Raiders have. And so uh, that, that two-headed monster between Drake and, and Jacobs is going to be fun to watch. And it's going to be, in my opinion, one of the best duos in the NFL. And another guy that I've talked pretty highly about that, you know, has an opportunity to make the team. He's in camp. He didn't get drafted. He was an undrafted free agent. Defensive tackle Darius Steeles out of West Virginia. He was on the unable to perform list for a minute. And I remember uh, reaching out to him and he had even said on Twitter, like, hey, Raider Nation, don't trip. I'll be ready for camp. Yep. He was out there today, too. He was out there putting in work. I took a little, no joke, about a four second video of him putting in work tweeted it out during the little segment that was uh, able that we can actually put in, you know, put tweets out there. Cause there's certain times where you can't take pictures, you can't take videos, you can't tweet it out. But during that period you could. So I tweeted it out. No joke, four second video. And I think that thing got a hundred 200 something likes and retweets. And everyone's excited about the opportunity that Darius Steeles has. Now look, undrafted free agent, it's not easy to make the squad, but he's in camp. He's caught the attention of the, the, the coaching staff. And he's got an opportunity. The only thing you could ever ask for in life is an opportunity. Once you get that opportunity, it's up to you to make the most of it. Coming up next, kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll do that with Omar Ruiz. He was out at practice as well. He's from the NFL Network. He does a great job. We'll talk to him next about what he saw today. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.